Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, LARP and everything in between. You know I can't remember We're this stuff without looking at it. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have, have fun. fun. I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is the legend, Carrie. Hi. And of course, Jason. The favorite, and also the one who's still pulling up his notes. Oh, I am too. Oh, very <laughs> nice. Uh, well, while Jason pulls up his notes, I'll just let you know that we can be found at honorrollpodcast.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google, or... Anywhere you can get podcasts, anywhere. whether you like them or not. That's right. You can also find us on Twitter. Whether you like them or not. At honorrollpodcast. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash honor roll podcast. And at hosts at honor roll podcast. And Carrie will now tell us about patreon.com slash honor roll podcast. Begin, Well, Carrie. you just did. Well, yeah, but the part about people that are on there, right? Okay, for real, oh. Carrie, tell us about patreon.com slash honor roll podcast. <laughs> it's awesome. Everyone should go there and support us. I think so, too. Who do, um, who this, do we have? Th- well, hold on. Uh, our Patreon is up for people to be able to help support this podcast. Right. Um, so, well, no, just, you know, if people are listening and don't know what yes. a Patreon is, you know, I'm trying. <laughs> I don't, you're both staring at me. Stop it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be one of those episodes. Of the crowdfunding website is the one that I've gotten the most money from. There we go. Because so it's the like only it. one I've ever used. There we go. <laughs> no, Patreon's really awesome. We have some really awesome uh, people that support us. That's right. Becoming a patron of this show on patreon.com slash podcast helps us keep this show on the air and pays for our equipment and hosting costs and all of those things. And my and, Pepsi. And, and your you, Pepsi, yeah. If you reach a certain uh, level of backtitude uh, of the you show. Get a, you get a weekly call out, right? You get a call out. That's Isn't right. It, it's our wizard level. <clears throat> That's yes. right. So first up is Cameron Pruitt. Who is Carrie's favorite. Well, he, he, there's someone who's edging in on him. Uh-oh. Who's that? Uh, Tanya. Tanya. She, she sent me a whole package. Uh, uh, congratulations on your Kickstarter package. Oh. Is it she, she who shall not be named? No, that is not her. That's not her? That's not One day her. I will find out who that is. I know. Uh, but until then, you will only know her as, as Clover. I like it. Yeah. I could clop to that. So so thank you, Clover, for supporting us. Okay. We also have Lost Colonies. Johans mm-hmm. is really cool. And if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, go play his LARP. Yes. Also, Lost he's looking for admins and marshals and stuff like that to help him out. Really? I yes. knew a guy named Marshall once. Maybe he's available. Maybe he's available. Yeah. Also, we've got Ryan Martin. That's cool. Ryan Martin is not. <laughs> what? Ryan Martin what? is currently buying a house and going slowly insane. As a person who has bought a house, yeah. I completely understand. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, See, so we also have Drew Stevens. Why did you say it like that? What is up? Because what? he deserves having each name enunciated differently. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. What was weird, Drew, is you didn't see the face Jason made, which was That's very like a, it was like a, ah, ah. Ah. And I was like, why are you doing that? He's at publishing something on the yeah. Storytellers Vault this week, and he gave me a, a sneak peek, and it looks really cool. Is it the taking it to the streets thing? Yes, it's kind of no. like. Uh, no, we already. I shared that to our group. It's you did share. It is yeah. launched, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you but. shared it to the group. I'm just saying, hey, that's a thing Drew's doing. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not on our group, but you do listen to the podcast, <laughs> which since we have what, like a hundred listens per episode, give or take, more than that, yeah, more. more than way more. I know. Way people more. Like us. Anyway, we don't have that many people on the group. That's true. Right. So come, anyway, so come Drew, join us on the group. So you, guys so you can, can go. You can go on the Storytellers Vault uh, on Drive Through. RPG.com and find uh, Drew's new thing. I think it's called Taking It to the Streets. I believe it's Taking It to the Streets. And we also have Brian Fox, who I believe gets his special treat at the end of this episode. Is that correct? Well, I don't know that it's a treat, but there's certainly something special about it. That's true. That's right. (laughs) He is at a certain level on our Patreon where he gets something this episode. That's right. He gets to send us uh, answers to a group of questions that we've sent him. And we are going to take that information in uh, about one of his favorite characters he's ever played. And that character is then going to call into the show and we're going to have a short discussion with him. Because we have call-ins. That's right. We absolutely have call-ins. 
for for real for live. Yeah, it's like so there's, there's a right. phone. We have like a bat phone. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That sits here. So if it's you'd an like old a, black ma bell with a rotary dial, you can I hear wish. it if you listen. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So if you'd like a shout out, we'd love to give you one, and you can get one by helping us keep this show on the air by becoming a patron at Patreon.com/slash Honor Roll Podcast. So when we last left our intrepid adventurers, we were sitting here at this table recording a podcast. Mm -hmm. Since then, so much has happened. As always. That's right. We live busy and crowded lives. Barely enough time to cram in 15 minutes to record this podcast. That's right. And then (laughs) Ryan's a master at editing. In post. (laughs) takes 15. I take that 15 minutes and I edit it up to about an hour. Well, we normally talk really, really fast, but you slow it down so all of our voices are like a register We're actually chipmunks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, what have you been doing, Carrie? I, uh, I'm I'm finishing up the uh, coloring book. That's awesome. Ooh, yeah. You, did I hear that you sold a painting? I did sell a painting. Which one? Uh, the not the bantha. I always try to say the bantha. The rancor. The rancor. The rancor. The bantha is cool too, but <coughs> yeah, I think the rancor is better. It's my favorite. Yeah, well, it's it's the newest. It was know? a good one. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So that was exciting. Yeah. yeah. All right. What about you, Ryan? Well, I'm still working uh, to finish my part on the coloring book and work to get it all laid out and everything so that it can be ordered and in in time for HLGCon. That sounds awesome. What? How many stories do you have done now? A hundred? <laughs> you know, that way. The book the book requires twenty seven or twenty eight. I've got like wow, it's doubled since the last time I checked with y'all. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I have like two left. Two left. That's mm-hmm. not bad. That's so not bad. It's, it's good. And we've mostly got like the cover design figured out. Okay. We just got to tweak it. I, yeah. I have an important question. Are you padding that number because you know this comes out on Wednesday and you expect to do like six between now and then? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. So, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Over the last week, I've done a lot of work overtime, but cool. uh, other than that, I have been working on the demo to show Ryan of how we can cut out some stuff for his game, the gun belt. And I think it came out pretty good. It came out awesome. It yes. Does. He's done uh, this really cool engraving thing with a laser. Right. The, the Our local Chattanooga library has one that anybody can use That's as long right. as they've got time. It's mounted on a shark. It's a yeah, shark. Yeah, I was just going to say, do not tell laser. me it's not the library. laser beams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I went up there and I played around with Photoshop and a bunch of other programs that I don't know how to use. For a couple hours, and I, you know, we came up with something. It looks pretty good. It does. We should put a cool. photo up on our yeah, we can do that Facebook group at some time. Sure, I guess. Or, or no, yeah. we're not or on our Patreon. On the Patreon, that's right. So Patreon if you, stuff. you should become a uh, a member of the a Patreon. member of our Patreon, so you can see what we're talking about. Absolutely. It's awesome. Gosh, if I wanted to do that, where would I ever find that link? Patreon.com slash Unroll Podcast. Oh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. It. Oh. I can't remember my own phone number, but I remember that. <laughs> hey, um, hang on a second, guys. It sounds like my phone is ringing. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's my phone. Hang on. Allow me to pick it up. All right. Hello? Hello. Hello. Oh, my. Is there someone there? Yes. I was supposed to call in this week. Oh, goodness. Uh, who, who, is, who is this? This is Justin Timberlake. Just, Justin Timberlake? Yes. The singer? No, the D&D 5th edition character. Oh my. I, I didn't know he played D&D. Goodness. Are you outside? No, that's my very sexy breath. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Well, tell us, tell us, Mr. Timberlake, if I can call you that. You may. Mr. Timberlake, uh, what, do you, what do you look like? Help us, give us a visual image of you. Imagine if the word sexy had been lost to the ravages of time. Now picture the man who could bring that sexy back. Oh my goodness. That is the visage of Justin Timberlake. Goodness. What 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 Dungeons and Dragons class of character could possibly do such a thing? Okay, come on. How how are you even asking that question? He's got to be a bard. If he's not a bard, we're hanging up right now. Surprise, I'm a bard. <laughs> A bard of lore, the choir leader of the Temple of Twelve. Twelve what? Former virgins. 
They met me and now they're no longer that. <laughs> Whoa. So what is what would, what is your strongest skill? Whoa. <laughs> I have a singing voice that obliterates evil. Oh. And panties. Oh. Oh. And loincloths. Oh, well, at least anything that covers genitalia. <laughs> equal opportunity. That's nice. Especially if it's also evil. <laughs> if there are two things that are not safe in the presence of just a nipper leg, they are evil and undergarments. <laughs> This is going to be the worst bumper ever. <laughs> Tell me. Was, do, do you have any friends? Stop. I do have one friend. You have one friend? It's the only person I've ever met that I did not sleep with. Oh, my. They adopted me right after I was orphaned. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, do you have any enemies? Also, that same person. I suspect it is related to the fact that I would not sleep with them. It's very complicated. I see. I, uh-huh. well, what, what is your greatest accomplishment then? Once, I accidentally thwarted the greatest evil in the world. I made its underwear disappear. Oh, On accident. <laughs> so where are you now? I reside in the city-state of the God's Reach, being a threat to all around me, sexually. Goodness. Goodness. You sound... Do you have a motto that you live by? Any common thug can put an enemy in the ground. It takes skill to get your enemy in the sheet. Let's just say I bury myself. Not them. Stop! Stop! <laughs> stop! Well, well. All right then. Let's let's move on. Tell me, uh, what's your greatest uh, the greatest moment character moment you've ever had? Is there like a a, a, a time that was of? Oh yes. I was secretly instructed by my surrogate father, the necromancer. His body at an inopportune moment doing our greatest quest to contain the greatest evil in the world. What the fools didn't realize was that I and my adopted father were actually on our own quest to release the greatest evil in the world. Oh my goodness. So, what happened? Timberlake was a good guy. I'm sorry. When I attempted to betray the party and reveal to them that I had been working for the necromancer all along, one by one, they each confessed that they had also been secretly instructed to betray the party and help release the greatest evil in the world. Oh my goodness. What is the greatest evil in the world? I don't know. I defeated it by accident. Oh my goodness. What is it? <laughs> That's true. That's that true. You did say that. Okay. You did. That's fair. So, uh, how, uh, what happened? We had been controlled and we figured that out and then we turned on the necromancer and gutted him like a Gutted him like a what? Like a fish. I'm, I'm sorry, I still didn't understand. Like a what? A fish. A fission? A fish. A fish! A fish. Oh, 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 okay, okay. okay. Right, my bad. I a gotcha. fish, yeah. All right. So, so I, is there anything else that you'd like to tell us before you let you go? I mean, unfortunately, we're kind of in the middle of a podcast. Yes. If you ever decide to mind control people to destroy the world... Don't send them against each other. It don't make no damn sense. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, listen, thank you for being a fan. Oh, yes. 
everyone that meets me is a fan. Thank uh, you for being a fan. Right. I'm sorry about the pregnancy. Oh, oh goodness. Oh. Okay, well. Uh, uh, yeah, we need to go. We'll cause... talk to you later. Oh, I know you. Uh, yeah, okay, goodbye. Wow. That was what, uncomfortable. That was crazy. What did you. Oh, dear. All right, let's go to let's go to combat rounds. All right, welcome to combat rounds. Um, so today's topic is LARP for profit. What? Whoa. How dare you? Wait, That's someone's right. making a profit? You know, there are a few Wait, companies. Someone's making a LARP. No. <laughs> So uh, this has come up because a few weeks ago, Jason shared an article uh, on his Facebook thread. And I'm going to let him talk about the article in just a second. Yeah. But he shared this article and it evolved into like, uh, you know, a, a ton of people expressing some pretty passionate thoughts on both directions, particularly about whether or not you should be able to run a LARP for profit. And oh. so, Jason, you want to tell us a little bit about the article? Right. It, now, it's been a... A little while since I've read it, and I obviously should have refreshed my memory. But right, but you're, you're a bad host. <laughs> but I'm a bad host, and I do this every time. Uh, Tara Clapper wrote this article that's posted on the Geek Initiative website, and it's all about how that a, a little while ago, some people, I don't want to say confronted, but she's seen a lot of people talk about the fact that um, LARP for profit is unethical. And there's a lot of people who feel that way. They're like, uh, LARP is a community event, and we're all building something together. So one person profiting off of it is uh, unfair and maybe even immoral because you're taking things that other people are creating and you're making money off of it. Right. Now, um, I don't know if – well, as our listeners may know or not, Tara runs a a set of digital LARPs where she basically runs a LARP-like activity on Skype, and I'm actually planning one eventually myself – uh, and she charges a fee, and she has uh, a couple of tickets that she'll give away for each one of them that are way, way cheaper for people who can't afford the other tickets. But that's where a big chunk of her income comes from, is running these games and working for a couple of large uh, LARPs that I can't remember the names of right now. I'm sure she'll post something about that when she listens to this episode. <laughs> here they are. And she does work for a few other LARPs here and there. And in the article, she talks about the fact that she, this is the only living that she can currently uh, have because of health concerns, some other problems, and all of the training she, and skills that she acquired over the years have largely kind of been automated, which is weird because I think about that as a manual labor. What happens if my job gets automated? And here are people that are copy editors and writers who are losing their jobs to things like that too. And... Uh, I think it's more interesting the discussion that people had afterwards, too, in response to it. And, uh, Ryan, you had some opinions about that, and I think it would be a good jumping-off point. Well, I'm the curmudgeon. Yeah, you are the curmudgeon. I have opinions. Strong ones. Yeah. So I think that for me, the first thing is I I know that some people disagreed with me, but I think that it's important to recognize that there are two types of LARPs in existence right now. And people will argue with this, but um, I believe that we are are now existing in a world where there are LARP experiences and there are LARP games. Now, now I believe that's absolutely true, especially the more we've talked about it. And I've talked to some other people about it too. Uh, Our definition would be something like if it's a game, it tends to have some sort of rule set that affect the actions that the character can take. Typically, your character... Can die. Typically. That's not 100%, but that's a... Whereas an experience... Typically your character can't, but there are exceptions as well. There are exceptions. And it tends to be far more consent-based. Yep. Also, Also, experiences tend to be more immersive. Yes. They tend to be much more expensive... Right, yeah. but to be fair, they're more expensive to put on. They're they're more expensive for a reason, yes. right? Uh, and I th- I think that also there's an element of with a game, uh, typically in a game, you've created your own character, right? And most experiences you don't seem to do and you. Most experiences you don't. Now you might. That's not to say you don't have input, right? Because you do, and a lot of them have input, right? Uh, but you don't always get to just sit down and actually make a character sheet with an experience. Um, and also, games tend to be ongoing. 
Whereas experiences tend to last a weekend, and then that's the end. And though there may be rerunnability is a is a word that's used right. in that uh, sphere, right? Like we're going to run this game again later, and you can continue the story if you like, but you don't have to, right? Um, so if uh, to just generalizing, so I think that. Uh, you know, for example, One World by Night or Underground Theater or, you know, any of these uh, Vampire, the Masquerade LARPs, uh, these are these are games. Most Boffer LARPs, games. Most Boffer LARPs are games. Yeah. Uh, and then I think an experience is something like New World Magiscola. Right. Or... Mm. Treaty of Thorns. Treaty of oh, Thorns. The, yeah, yes. the, the Treaty of Thorns. Though it did have game elements. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a blurry line. Yeah. Um, I, I think that you can't always recognize. There's also one. Uh, that's, a Sabat one coming up. There's a Sabat one coming up, which uh, we probably, we discussed a little bit with Matthew Webb last week. Uh, and also there's one in Europe somewhere that, where you play the Witcher, characters from the Witcher, or you right. play Witchers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it looks really cool. They tried to run one with uh, Rocky Horror. It didn't, yeah. it didn't make it, but. But, but they tried that to do that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. There was also one where you played rock stars, and they actually traveled across the country. That sounded really cool, didn't um, it? You know, so so those are kind of experiences. Whereas, like games, tend to be a little more like tend to be based on a lot of times t- they're based on tabletop games, sure, uh, and things like that too. So, but I, I believe that there is a difference in them, and and part of that difference is in many respects cost. Um, I think that experiences tend to be uh, typically when you hear it's a blockbuster LARP. It's, it's usually probably an experience. Right. Now, I also uh, a division I would make is: is this something you consume? Like I go to a movie and I consume the experience, right, of watching, you know, of right. what's happening. Whereas if I go to a game, I feel like I'm more of uh, an author than a participant. Sure, you know, I'm creating content myself. Not to say that you don't. And again, we're not experts at experiences because it's we're more Poor. towards the game side. Right. And they're, hey, they're expensive. <laughs> I would yeah. love to go to one of them, mm-hmm. or they require time that we don't have. Right. I think with an experience, you are the consumption thing is you are interacting with this world that's being created uh, and experiencing the story that's being told in it. Right. With. Uh, with some influence. Right. And I think in a game, a lot of times you are creating your own story within that world. Or or you are actively driving the story. And there's a lot of gray areas here. And exceptions. Yes. And, it, just like and every, overlapping. Everything in role play, period, there's so many moments where am I doing... Like how many times have you played a tabletop game? Like we used to play a tabletop game... And we would put costumes on. Right. I've done that. Was I LARPing? Not really. But there's been a lot of times that I've been LARPing sitting there with a costume around a table describing my actions. Right. Instead of walking around. You know, Tara Tara runs the the online. The digital LARP. The digital LARP, right? And it's people sitting, looking at their their Skype cameras, interacting. And I know people who play tabletop Dungeons and Dragons that way. What's the difference? I don't know. Is there? Yeah or no? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I, not for me to decide, and no. not. I don't think really. Though we can argue about it, <laughs> I, I believe. You know, I truly believe the only way to win any of this stuff is to be having fun. And if they're having fun, I don't care what you call it. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, and I, I like uh, as important as definitions are, uh, so people know what they're getting into. At the same time, I think we get kind of hung up on that whole idea yeah. of, hey, we can't call this. A tabletop game because right. we we're all wearing costumes. Everyone, or, everyone in LARP will tell you that the greatest thing to ever happen is Nordic LARP, but no one can really tell you what that means. Especially people from Nordic countries who <laughs> who kind of created the stuff. Right, the people in Norway are like, "This is just LARP." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I really want to go to the big conference they have every year, Nuktpunkt, because right. first of all, it's fun to say, yeah, mm-hmm. and second of all, like there's. How else am I going to learn about it if I'm not there in the heartland? I always imagine learning about it from them. I always imagine there, that it, that convention is just a bunch of Nordic people sitting around in a hotel lobby, going, "Have you heard about this American LARP? <laughs> it's the next best thing." <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've read articles where people they have rules <laughs> who said, "What if we run a LARP in which we have a bunch of NPCs and all these American uh, LARPers are like?" Yeah, that's what we, that's, that's they, normal. They're like, you know what would be what is so great about American LARP? They have they have no bleed. They all love each other out of character and are fun. 
why? And that's uh, absolutely true. Well, so let's talk more about running LARP for profit. I'm sorry and for anyone that is not an American who had to hear that accent. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of the pitfalls that people describe. I think that the two biggest criticisms of LARP for profit tend to be, and, and I want to uh, also say, like, there, one of the guys on your thread, Paul Frackness, he, yes. he really nailed this, uh, I think, pretty succinctly. Most people criticize it because of either ethics, whether it be financial or uh, spirit of the game-ish. Sure. Uh, uh, or uh, lack of transparency. Yes. So, Carrie, tell us about ethics. Do you have any? No. <laughs> That's why she's the legend. <laughs> the great thing about American LARP, there is no ethics. Yes. Let me let me ask you this. How would you have run all those games over the years, like when you were in Obi-Wan and... And, and the Grew Nation. And the Grew Nation and all that. How would you run it differently if, say, you were making 20 bucks an hour? Running them. Oh, first of all, I'd, I'd be rolling in it. You'd still be doing oh, it. Yeah, that's fair. That's okay, okay, I'm an artist. Sure. So screw all you people who are saying that when I'm putting my creative talents to use, right. that I shouldn't be getting paid. So it's like asking it's, a painter to paint for free. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Exposure kills artists. Sure. And you think it's the same thing for LARP storytellers? I, I think that if you are able to get paid, yes, you will do a better job. I, I agree with that. I uh, certainly think that uh, I would be more amenable to spending three hours, you know, the Wednesday before game having a storyteller meeting. I would certainly be more invested in that time if I knew that in the end it was going to pay me 90 bucks. Yeah. Even, you know, even some, if, some sort of compensation. Even if it's just the game buys you your meal afterward. Right. It, it, what Any, if we could cover our own expenses? So, Jason, you're one of those people that's told a lot, like because you've always believed LARP storytellers, there should be payment for that. Absolutely. I, I think th- here's why. And, and this is the reason. It's the same thing that Carrie said. I am doing work. I should be compensated for work that I do. You know, as a player, I'm doing work. Oh, great. <laughs> I, I'm just as a player, you are doing work. However, and I know a lot of people argue this LARP is a community and the community 100 percent contributes. Right. And without that com- com- <laughs> I can't talk today. Without that community contribution, it wouldn't exist. Correct. Fair. But that is also true of Star Wars. <laughs> and nobody questions the idea that when I go to see Star Wars at a theater, regardless if I like this particular movie or not, that I shouldn't have paid to get in. Right. Well, I won't say nobody, but the, the consensus is yeah. we there should pay few, to go see the movie. There are a few people who think maybe nobody should have paid to get into the, la- the last <laughs> And they're wrong. But that's, that's a completely different podcast. argument. <laughs> so this kind of le- leads into the the big comment that I had on your thread. Um, they were talking about this idea of the ethics of of you know if if I I shouldn't have to if to pay to get into this LARP and so that somebody else can be making money off of it, right? But isn't Friday Night Magic: The Gathering exactly the same way? Yeah, no, I agree. Like uh, they, they say, but I'm the one bringing the creativity with my character here. And I would say, you're the one bringing the creativity in the deck you built to Friday Night Magic, right? Right. You built that deck, and then you pay your local gaming store $10 to play. That gaming store is profiting from you playing the deck yep, you sure. created. Yep. That you yep. probably bought from them. And at the end of the <laughs> night, you know, at the end of the night, they'll throw out a couple of packs to the to the people who won. Right. And and I don't disparage that. I think that's amazing because you. But know they what? made a profit. You get you get those couple of packs, and it and you can use those cards to better your deck. Sure. Guess what that is? Experience XP. points. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's exactly the same, but we don't mind that. And and people. Uh, also criticize this idea of financial ethics where, uh, okay, for a LARP to make a profit, it's got to cost several hundred, it might need to cost a hundred dollars a person. Right. Say. Or let's just say we usually charge a $5 site fee. Right. And that's the difference. And this is absolutely true for some people to eat that nut or not. Right. And, and that sucks. And, and the thing is, I think that, and, and people will say LARP needs to be inclusive and that includes financially. Okay. Now let's just say, first of all, the three of us do all agree LARP should be inclusive. If you have people who are handicapped, you should be able to accommodate them as much as, as, 
as humanly possible. Like, I'll even go as far to say that we should be as financially inclusive as possible. Yeah, you know what? I have never turned anyone away from my game no. that came and said, I don't have money. No. You've Ever. always said you'd rather have the body in the room. Absolutely. But you know what? If they show up and they hand me a pocket full of change, I will also take that. Absolutely. Here's the piece that people don't realize is that most LARPs that charge, they charge because there are costs. Yes. Right? So, for example, our game, uh, we charge $5 a person to get in, right? And our site, I mean, I don't believe this is... It's fine. No, it's let's, fine. let's pull back the curtain because yeah. that's what we're talking about, pulling back the curtain time. So uh, we pay $110. So mm-hmm. how often in the last year have we made that? Well, that requires 22 players, and our game is typically between 15 and 20. Right, and you know what? Maybe you could argue that we should have a bigger game. And and certainly, I think we should. But having said that, though, that site still has to get paid for. No matter what. And, you know, the the person who has to pay for that, in most instances, is the storytelling staff. Right. Now, I also want to say... Uh, shout out to our players, particularly yes. Jason Whidden. Yes. Uh, but we have a really great gaming group, and the people who who are able to contribute more have always stepped up and, and said, please take this extra so we make rent. And it's been so amazing, and we thank you guys. But having said that— But that's not fair then, if we're going to talk about being fair, that's not fair to like Jason Whidden and all these other people having to carry these other players. Right. And there's a certain part of it that if someone is absolutely not able to pay, yeah, then we'll make it work. We'll, we'll make it work. So one of the things that drives me nuts, though, is when they show up and they say, I can't afford to pay for game tonight. I hope that's all right. And they're carrying a bag of McDonald's. Yeah. Well, and I get the argument that, hey, that's their food for the night. But $5 a month for a budget, that's not bad. Well, I'm going to say a couple of things about it because I'm the curmudgeon. You are the curmudgeon. So I'm just going to be the butthole here. Okay? All right. Uh, a quarter pounder with cheese meal at McDonald's costs almost $7. By the time you're done with everything, you're probably spent 10 Well, I'm going to be kind. Yeah. I'm going to say 7 bucks. all right? So you spent 7 bucks at McDonald's to eat this evening. First of all, do you know how many packages of ramen that would buy? <laughs> now look, ramen sucks. Right. I get it. I lived on it for a month one time. I it was lived awful. On it. We've all lived on it in college, right? But we also all make sacrifices to buy the things that we want or need. And if the thing that you want or need is to play in a LARP, you need to do things to adjust your budget. Five bucks is less than the McDonald's. And you know, the big problem is that not that it happens once. But it's every month. Right. Every game they show up with a bag of McDonald's and aren't able to pay. And you know what? I've been there. It When gas was really high, I wasn't working that much. And it was like, I can either afford to come to the game or I can afford to give you money. Right. And so I did my best. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and, and that's fine. But, but don't show up with a bag of fast food. Every that's, week. Yeah. That's yeah. insulting. That is saying that uh, – because here's the thing. As a storyteller, right – I have to if, – if my site's not making rent and, Jason, you show up with a bag of $7 McDonald's and you say, I'm sorry, man, but like it was eat or pay for this LARP. Well, guess what? Now I have to pay for this LARP for you because we're not making rent. And so what, what you're saying is that you going to a fancy restaurant like McDonald's, <laughs> that that's more valuable to you than my money. Right. Right? Because now game isn't just co- – now game is costing me. Yeah, so now not only are our storytellers having to put their time in, all the effort to get the site, you know, the creative energies, the, the, the creative energies, the money for the props, the group and community else. management things. But now I also have to pay the extra five bucks for you to pay for the site, and that's just that's it's just a little disrespectful, is all. And I think that uh, you know five dollars is a pretty inexpensive five hour evening. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think to kind of round that off is to say that if we individually or collectively were well off, even really m- middle class, you know, yeah. instead of being lower middle class or, or looking up at lower middle class, it wouldn't bother us. Right. But all of us sacrificed run games. Almost everybody I've ever met that runs a game uh, is doing it because they love running games. And they really can't afford to do it. 
but they love it so much that they're willing to, to front the money, hoping to get at least part of it back. Yeah. And, and, and so it, I that's the real problem. Yeah. And so it's not asking a whole lot of the players to, to contribute, help them not go bankrupt to run a vampire game or whatever. I, you know what? You said something, and I think that uh, there's two things I want to say. One is that the community-based game in which everybody pays the least amount possible or nothing is great. Mm-hmm. And I've played in those for years, and I love them. And uh, that's true of LARPs and tabletops and uh, what few chat games and stuff I've played into. Yeah. It's great. It's free entertainment, basically. All mm-hmm. you have to do is contribute a little bit of time. However, that doesn't mean that it's immoral or unethical to to make a living doing something like this. And there's a place for games that, that cost money, too. You know what? I kind of look at it this way. Like, there are free plays that happen in the park. Yes. Like, you can go in the par- to the park and sit with your kid and watch Shakespeare or whatever it is. And some of those will be better than a Broadway show. Yes, but there are also Broadway shows that you pay to go see. Mm-hmm. And they're just different. They're different. And, and the Broadway is not unethical for that reason. <laughs> yeah, we got I'm sure there are other reasons. There's plenty of but other But, like, it's true. not because they charge to get in. And, and they make a, a little money. Yeah, you know, like. Hmm. The reality is we live in a capitalistic society, and that money is a gateway barrier for everything. Right. And while we may wish otherwise, that's a kind of a personal decision, which you consider to be uh, appropriate. Right. And, and I know some people have issue – like one of the issues people have uh, and they feel that for-profit LARP is unethical is because they feel like it is creating a money barrier and that LARP should be inclusive and that includes people who, who do not have a lot of money. Um, and what I would say is that money is a gateway barrier for everything, yeah, right? For life. Um, I don't think Disney is unethical because they, they charge. charge money for me to go into their park. But I also think that if I can't afford to do it, then I can't, I can't afford, afford to, do, it. to do that. And right? that sucks. It really sucks. And we've all been there. Everybody at this table has been at the point where they couldn't go see a movie. Right. Yeah. And, and on that end, I, I think that the conclusion kind of becomes not every LARP game or LARP experience uh, is meant for every LARPer, right? Sometimes we skip them because uh, we don't like Sabat or mm-hmm. we don't like... Uh, you know, we don't like a, we don't like Boffer LARPs or right. we don't like Parlor LARPs or whatever. We skip them because we don't like the genre. And then other times we skip them because, you know, we happen to be really poor this week. Money's tight and I can't afford to, to do I it need to be week. able to feed my kid. Ever yeah. since New World Magiscola came out, me and Carrie have talked about how much oh. we would love to go. And she's even a bigger, like, Harry Potter school type person than I am. Yeah. But just, man, that sounds it's such an amazing experience. It's a lot of money, though. Yeah. But it's a lot of money. That doesn't hurt my feelings. It's just disappointing. I'll, t- I'll tell you, hey, if anyone wants to pay for Jason and I to go do that, Wait, we will also have to pay for Marty. Uh, and, well, <laughs> and, what I was going to say is Ryan. we can do a. No, Ryan doesn't really want to go. <laughs> what I was going to say is we can do really a podcast. <laughs> we will do a live podcast. We'll do a live podcast. There. I tried to get the people that are running the new Changeling game to let us do that. And, I'm like, and they're like, hey, yeah, you can come and do that. I'm like, for free. For free? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, uh, no. And I was disappointed, but I understood. Yeah. They've yeah. got to make money on it. And here's my big thing is my labor has value. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my reward cannot be thanks. Yeah. Thanks will get me, uh, you not know, two or three hours a week yeah. for a tabletop game. It will not get me right. 15 or 20 hours. Or like when I was OST, I was I was doing at least 20 hours a week, probably yeah. close to 30 on OST stuff. And you know what? It was extremely rewarding. I learned a ton, and that compensated me some. But after two and a half years, I was completely burnt out and mm-hmm. getting miserable. And right. in my running showed in it, I did not run as good a scenes at the end as I did at the beginning. Yeah. No, yeah, that's it's very but, true. And part of it was because I didn't feel compensated, and it didn't have to, you know compensations cover a, covers a big thing, right? Lack not just of, money. Lack of compensation decreases your perceived value of the experience as a, as a runner. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think that LARP for profit is going to help push LARP into that better place. Right. Like we all talk about safety mechanics and well, those safety things teams. cost. Right. Like we were talking to, um, <laughs> Matt Webb, Matt Webb, 
I'm, and, I'm tired. I get bad yeah, with right. tired. So those th- those things cost, right? You know, when I was with underground theater, there was a, a sexual harassment accusation, and right. that got very complicated. Yes, because it crossed some state lines and several different games and things, and uh, and we had to hire a lawyer, and, and you that know sucked what? up a ton of our it budget. Was a didn't ton it? of money. I mean, and we got like two hours with the guy, mm-hmm. you know, and so, but but it was invaluable. Um, but it's, it's, it's expensive and right. that, that money has to come from somewhere. And, you know, we've talked about doing a safety episode where we get real professionals on here to talk about that stuff. And we're looking at what, like a hundred bucks an and hour. Even that's expensive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we have to, if, as we increase our expectations, unfortunately, we're going to also have to increase uh, our budgets as, I, as just LARPers in general. I think the biggest pipe dream that a lot of people have about org LARPs is, that people will just help. And in my experience as someone who had to organize a staff and run that staff for two and a half years is that, yes, you have tons of volunteers. Most of those volunteers are not qualified qualified to do the job. Yeah. And even those who are qualified to do the job only have the ability to contribute a certain amount. Right. The complete body of work still has to be done. <laughs> and this is on the creative side. Right. Where people actually enjoy just the process of creation. And while I know there's a million people out there who want to be part of a safety committee, a lot of them are not qualified. And that's no... It's I'm not, not qualified it's to be on a safety diss. committee. Yeah, it's just I don't have the training. I don't have the experience. Right, and one of the pro- one of the other dilemmas that we run across with with uh, volunteer needs, uh, and this is speaking from my my experiences being on boards and things like that for LARP organizations, is that uh, <laughs> is that the folks who are willing to volunteer they want to volunteer because they they believe they are qualified. Yes, and and the reality is we live in a world without experts. The internet has made everyone an expert on everything. Uh, and we don't value expertise like we used to because of the internet. And this is a whole other, whole other show. Uh, but um, <laughs> I know this is one of your favorite topics. We discuss it a lot off the air. Yeah. Uh, and but but that problem uh, makes people then feel like, well, I offered to help and they wouldn't take it. And yeah. then everybody is like, yeah, they wouldn't take the help that was offered. And it's like, but the the help that was offered wasn't actually qualified help for this sensitive, important thing. Well, I'm going to back that up and say it's not just about the internet. It's about the fact that only an expert knows if they know what they're doing. Right. (laughs) Because if I don't know enough to not know that I don't know how to do something. You think you're an expert. I think I know enough, right? Right. I'll, I'll I'll do fine. How complicated it could be. And I'm going to say... Look, I watched, I, an ep- uh, I watched a YouTube video on this. <laughs> I've got it. I write a blog. That makes me a published professional author. Right. <laughs> to, I am on a podcast about gaming. I should be getting money for this already. <laughs> you are. You are. But, <laughs> so one of the other issues that people have with, with LARP for Profit is this idea of, of, you know, sometimes it's called pay to play. Right. Uh, which is kind of a weird thing because if you pay five bucks to get into a, a LARP on Friday night, you're paying to play. But it's a, kind of a misnomer. But uh, it's the idea that I could go in and, for example, buy additional experience points for money. Um, okay. And these problems – or I could buy additional uh, powers or better weapons with cash – uh, with out of game cash, I can buy in game bonuses with out of game cash, and uh, I'll be honest the the source of this dilemma comes from the fact that uh, if players cannot pay enough to play the game to keep the industry afloat, they have to find other ways to monetize it. Right? There was a big discussion on this a couple of years ago on a. Uh kind of LARP design group I'm on, and right. there was a guy who said, my buffer LARP would fold tomorrow if I didn't have microtransactions. Now, me personally, as a as a storyteller, I'm ethically opposed to them. I think that that sort of thing in the long term uh, wrecks your game and creates the same... I think you know, it but, creates nerd ball. Right, I was going to say, remember what we <laughs> talked about last week? I think it creates nerd ball because you have a group of elites who have more money or more disposable income. Yeah. And they're able to spend it to make their characters control the game. Right. That's terrible. You, you, you see it in tons of other games, too. You see, you know, not just the, large, in the video game. The video you, games are worse. I yeah. Compare, I compare this to, uh, you know, to talk about other hobbies for a second. Like, you know, if you have a better baseball bat, you can hit the ball farther. Well, right. That's the reason why in the big leagues they all use the same kind of bat. Sure. But what I'm saying, though, is, I mean, but let's be honest, like LARP is not 
the big, it's not leagues, the big leagues, yet. right? We're so, on it. but but you know, it's okay in other hobbies. If you buy better equipment, you can you can you can run a little bit faster if you're wearing better cleats. You can swim a little faster if you're wearing a better a better swimsuit. You know, um, those things are acceptable there. Why are they not acceptable in LARP? Because we acknowledge that LARP is a community thing. Like if I'm playing golf and I do really well. I can just say, well, that guy's doing better than me, but I can still enjoy playing because it's not taking anything away from my personal experience, even if he gets a lower score than me. But if I'm at a Boffer LARP or a Par LARP or anything like that, or even a tabletop game, whatever it is, and somebody's advantages are so much more than mine that I can't even participate, it has taken something away from yeah. me. Now, and, and that's and why I'm against any kind of purchase of XP or in-game benefits with real money at all. I feel I that way. Entry fee, and that's it. I feel that way when I go to Friday Night Magic, and the guy who makes more money than me ha- has bought a way better deck than me. Right? They've bought, spent more money on more cards, and so I roll up to Friday Night Magic, and I don't even have a chance. So, so why did I even go? I don't know. I would right? not play. It's part of the reason why I don't play Magic anymore because back in Revised, <laughs> when I played back in the day. We mostly were just playing for fun, and right. none of us were tournament level, and we kind of shit on the tournament level guys because yeah. they were just bringing a $300 deck to the table, and what's the fun playing against that? Now, I also want to point out, though, that I'm not – I don't swing so far the other direction, though. Like, I don't agree with the – you know, there are a lot of people who say that the concept of fairness is there is a floor XP every month that every single player gets no matter what, and it is the same amount. So every single character in the game always gets – 10 XP a month, period. You can never get more, you can never get less. It's equal and fair across the board whether you showed up or not. I disagree with that level of fairness. I understand what they're saying, though. I, I, if I'm I miss one I or two games... It. It's math. And That's I'm behind the I curve, <laughs> right? Then is my ability to participate being damaged? If it damages my ability to enjoy the game, then there's a problem there. I think there's a whole episode we could do on XP and how it's can be a bad problem. But (laughs) I've also played in games in which we had varying power levels that was more fun because of it. And I feel like that's the part that the fairness warriors, we'll call them, uh, (laughs) I feel like that's the part that they sometimes miss, is especially like in a vampire game, if everybody earned the same amount of XP so that they could all be just as useful and effective as one another, well, what's the point of, of having a different generation? Of characters, different levels, you know, like it, it kind of, it muddies the waters a little bit. And also, you know, I, I think that the variation of power levels is also, uh, it also creates fun hierarchies. Um, you know, it creates people wanting to, I need you. Because, you can have a mentor patron relationship. Right. If you have somebody who is powerful enough to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. You're making the, I had something to say. Face. I'm, yeah, it's all right. She's just like, fuck all these guys. She's not said anything this whole night. I, I know. I'm sorry, guys. What um, is it? Are you, do you have something on your chest? Let's hear it. Oh, oh, geez. Say, oh. back in the day. Back in the day. No, I I, I think that uh, at least like with the, the fairness and XP uh, conversation, um, I actually think that the answer lays in the middle. Right. Like I, I because like I play in games like like in in my mushes. Right. Um. Almost all of the mushes I've ever played in are all you get one XP a week, whether you play what? a character or not. It, okay. Do you uh, personally, as a player, get the XP? Yeah. And you can apply it to any character. No, no, no. no, no, no. To it applies each to the character. character. Your oh, character. Each character gets whether you log in or not. Right. Yeah. You just okay. get it. And um. You know. And and when I first started mushing, I was like. Well, this is ridiculous. I'll never catch up. Well, not even so much catch up. It's, I play, let's say I play one scene a day. Right. I played seven scenes this week. Mm -hmm. I got one XP. Bobby didn't log in at all and got one XP. Right. I've made the game better because I've made it more active than he has. Mm -hmm. But I don't get any of the same, you know, like he's getting the same reward as I am. And, uh, you know, and that's that's frustrating, especially for newer mushers, you know, like it's just just frustrating. Um, And so what's neat, though, is that uh, in a lot of the mush games, they have a balancing factor 
It's it, usually it's called plus cookies. Yes, and it's a way to go. Hey, thanks. It's, I. You, it's also plus vote in some or places. plus vote or right. you know plus whatever it is, and um, it's basically I go. Hey, Jason, I just had a scene with you. I'm going to give you a cookie. Thanks a lot okay. for the scene. And then those cookies usually get tallied up into luck points, and that's valuable in the and game. And that's valuable that you okay. can use it to like re-roll or whatever. Or in okay. some in some games, it's like every like. 15 cookies you get, you get an XP or something. Yeah, like sometimes you know, it, it's some kind of bonus. And so, like, I actually think that that's the best balance I've seen of for the two arguments. XP stuff? Yeah, for the XP for the We need one to do the, the XP episode very yeah. soon. Because so, we've all got a lot to say about right. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the other, the other piece, the other reason people are against uh, LARPing for, for profit is transparency. Okay, so I have a really strong opinion on this. That is like the opposite of what all of these people might think I would say, because this is the one I feel like I'm kind of curmudgeonly about. Uh-oh. If, if I have created an experience, and I'm charging you X amount of dollars to go there, and you have a good time with that experience, it does not matter what I did with the money. If I kept every penny of it and didn't invest any of it in the game, but you had a good time, right? then Okay. Why does it matter where what you Where does it went? Right. If I pocketed the whole thing and you just ran around in the park all day that I paid nothing for, but you had a good time, good. If you did not have a good time, please don't come back because you don't enjoy the experience and the only way to get me to change is to show me. Right. Or tell me, hey, this wasn't good. I'm probably not going to come back. Because clearly you're not spending any of that money on the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have to be transparent to show you where I've spent the money. I right. just have to provide a the good experience. Now, I will good. say th- the exception to that, I think, would be if you were running a nonprofit organization. I, I almost <laughs> disagree on that, too. As long as the experience is good and the money's not being embezzled. But that means you should know that it's not being embezzled. Right. Yeah. So there, there, there is a bit of choice. transparency right. in a nonprofit. Can I say this? I bring this up because, like, Underground Theater, for example, is a nonprofit organization. So we, everybody has so. access to the records of how we spend the money. Yes. Well, is that correct? No, so, they don't. They don't? No, they don't. But you were just saying they should. I'm saying that I'm saying this is the argument. Right. I don't think they should. What do you? Why not? Here, the reason I don't believe they should is because no matter how that money is spent, mm-hmm. someone's someone who is loud is going to be unhappy with it. Jason. So there's nothing you could do. About it. I, no, I there is no way when you are in or so underground theater, for example. We are an organization. They were an organization. They are an organization. Yes. Let's say they have 600 members. I don't know what they're the current. I don't know what the numbers are anymore. Let's say they have 600 One members. Bill. Members, right? Could be. So they have six hundred members, and all of those members have paid twenty bucks. Sure. And so, where does that money go? Well, um, they're putting on events. They're doing different things. They they sure. are mildly compensating. Like for example, when you were the OST, yeah, they would they, pay for tickets. They pay for your tickets to get in, or they they help you with a hotel cost when right. they could. Things like that. Um, and but, they would always get a room for people who are working the con. Oh, right, or lots of stuff like that. And sometimes when there's local event games, they'll throw a couple hundred bucks towards the local event games so they can buy props and things yes. like yeah. that. Right, but there's always someone who is going to be unhappy with it because oh, they threw two hundred bucks to um, to the Indianapolis game, but for their their event, but they didn't send two hundred bucks to the to the Orlando game for and you their said, event. You said and there was only ten people at your game. But there was 300 at the other one. Or maybe, so, you know. maybe the Indianapolis game asked. asked. That's true. Right? But the problem is that part doesn't happen. Right? So because unless if, all if your the, board... If the organization said that, if the organization said, well, yeah, but the storyteller in Orlando didn't ask, suddenly they've thrown that ST staff under the bus. Yeah. And, and they can't do that either. Right. So it's better that nobody, that just nobody knows. The other problem with it is that, for example, like... Uh, when I was on the board, they really, and I still believe they probably still need, it It would have been really incredibly helpful to have spent, you know, 500 bucks on, on like a, a cabin for, or a, a the a, retreat use, a bed and breakfast doing. or something for a yeah. weekend where the board could go and actually be face to face and work on organizing the, organizing the whole organization a little better, you know. They just needed a couple of days face to face. As and Skype and Hangouts are great, but they're not the same. They, no, they aren't. aren't the same. 
you know, and, and they needed to be in a place where they could have, you know, a dry erase board and like draw things out and fit, toss, throw ideas at the wall to see what sticks and stuff. And it would have made the org so much better. But God forbid if that board had went and gotten a hotel room for two days for their for the five of them. Right. Oh, my gosh. There would have oh. the players would have been livid. Do you remember that? I brought the it up. The board got a vacation. Yeah. You remember I brought it up because we had talked about it a whole bunch. And uh-huh. It was clear that it was never going to happen. So I thought, you know what? Maybe if I put it out there, enough people will go for it that maybe it'll happen. Right. Because I agree, uh, face-to-face meetings are far more protective than yeah. Skype meetings. We've, we're, we're giving you 20 bucks and empowering you to run our entertainment for 600 people, but we're not going to actually let you spend we don't that trust money. You. We don't trust you to spend that money to m- empower our entertainment. And people lost their minds. They flipped out. Right. Now, there was some good points like, hey, let's try to – maybe we have a convention and we do it there. But a lot of them were just like, how dare you take a vacation on our money? Yeah. I don't know what they think. So. Let me tell you something. Uh, okay. So, sit in a room with six people that you're on a board with is not a vacation. No, no, no. Those, they, are not, they were not people I would want to spend a vacation with. You know? Not that they're necessarily bad, but there's a difference between people you work with and friends. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's not like it's not like they were going to they were gonna spend the money on Disney World. Right. Well, right? they all thought you were just going to get liquored up. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Right. Ryan's going to get liquored up anyway. I believe that, but transparency goes beyond just the numbers too, though. You know, a lot of people think, well, if it's a for-profit, then I want to know that you're transparent about your ethics. I want to know. I want to be ethical, but there's. But being transparent about ethics is a problem too, because who decides what is proper ethics? ethics? Who's ethics? You know, but your ethics are fine until I decide that you're being nice to someone I dislike. Right. And now now I'm offended. You'd help them. How dare you? Well, I think that a level of transparency, perhaps not complete transparency, helps that. Sure. Because I want people to call me out on things that I do that are wrong because I may not know. Right. I think that transparency is, for the most part, an unrealistic expectation, Um, especially when LARPs become licensed businesses, whether they're for-profit or not-for-profit. Like, I think a lot of the judgment about transparency comes from people believing, like, a lot of people would say underground theater is my gaming club. They need to be open and honest about what's going on. But it's not a gaming club. It is a not-for-profit, federally licensed business that creates legal legal realities and legal complexities that just are not uh, – it's not realistic to be open about everything. Well, the part of the problem is nobody gets to go behind the curtain until they've been on a board or like – in my case, been close friends with multiple board members right. and gotten to hear what's actually happening. And I've actually been to some of the board meetings. Some of that stuff needs to be private so you can... Work it out. You can work it out. I can have a screaming match with somebody else on the board if I don't have to tell everybody after a while that I had a screaming match with this guy. Mm, right. If we have a board meeting and and we a, a vote passes, right, but let's say it's a controversial vote, mm-hmm. okay, nobody needs to know who on the board... It was that was for or against it. Right. Just that the board has decided. That's right. Those just that transparency can't happen. And then on top of that, there's legalities that are important. Well, it's like you talked about that accusation. Right. The board could not talk about it. No, No, because there was legal stuff. And boy, people demanded to know. And like as much as you want to tell people, if you have a legal obligation, then you have to make up your mind. Is this important enough for me to. To be in serious trouble. Right. Like, if it's bad enough, yeah, maybe I'm going to tell people, but I, I better be ready to get sued or go to jail over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think that transparency, that full transparency is something that, that is possible. But I do think it's a goal that we should work on. People need a certain amount of information. You had said uh, something about how, like, you don't really even know the complexities of this stuff till you're on a board and And there's no way to know. And the, the, the thing with that, that I want to just quickly touch base on is, you know, it's that thing we talked about a minute ago about how everybody on the internet is an expert (laughs) and they like YouTube it. All of our, every LARPer in underground theater knows exactly what the board should do or should have done or should uh, decide or, or how transparent they should be. And none of them own businesses. None of them are on nonprofit boards. None of them are. You know what I mean? I say none, but you know what I'm saying. The vast majority. And those that are, please apply. Right. Go help them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those are the ones that are qualified. Well, I'd like to get back to the idea about for-profit LARPs because another section of that is that in 
1995 or 6, I want to say. I was playing in a Boffer LARP that was being held in the Atlanta area, and I paid about 60 to $65 for a weekend. And I think you could get that down to maybe 55 if you pre-registered and did all the other, yeah. you know. But if you go to a Boffer LARP now, held in the Atlanta area, it costs you about $65. That was 20 years ago. Right. It was more than 20 years ago now. $65 is a fraction of the value of what it was just 20 years ago. Right. <laughs> Those games should probably be close to 100 bucks just to really be breaking even and have the production values that they had back then. Yeah. Now, I know there's some really great games that's running in the area, but they can't charge what they're worth. They... I don't know how they're breaking even. Right. I don't believe well, that they all they are. They probably are. They've yeah. probably right. got a Jason Witten. They've got people helping yeah. them. Or their production values have gotten so low that it's nothing like what we played in in the 90s. And I tell you what, if they raised that price $5... People would lose their minds. Oh my gosh, they'd flip out. Yeah. So what about what do you think... How does this apply to the tabletop folks? Well, you, you know, know, there's tabletop uh, DMs out there who make a good living doing it. Right? And do people like that? Um, some, some do, some don't. I have read, uh, I have a few friends who have done it sporadically. Right. They don't charge very much, five, ten dollars a head. But you know what? If I could run, if I could run a game for five people for ten bucks a head and, uh, do that a couple of times a week, that'd be a big impact on my income for the month. Right. Yeah. That'd be, well, that'd be my house payment, but probably would we're, be yours. We're on, uh, we're on some Facebook groups and, um, one of them, a guy posted saying that he was about to run a game that he was being paid. Oh, to right. Run, yeah. And he was just shredded apart on that list. Uh, and then there was another group in which somebody posted something similar, but they said, not only am I being paid to run this game tonight, but I'm, I've not had a chance to, to prepare it because Oh yeah. They just wanted job. some ideas, didn't they? Would anyone, would anyone be willing to just throw at me just a few ideas? So to get my, my brain crank cranking. And he was also like, man, the people just flipped out on him and were like, I'm not giving you my idea so you can be paid for it. Well, somebody said I paid what, like a hundred bucks for these books. I've already paid to play. <laughs> Hey, Carrie, if I was to start a mush in which I charged um, $5 a month for people to play in, Mm -hmm. what would happen? Do you think people would go for it or not? Um, I don't think they would, but that's just because I think mushes are slowly dying. What's really interesting to me, though, about the tabletop pay-to-play thing is that, you know, we saw that reaction to this idea that, like, everyone was so offended that somebody might make a profit from running a Dungeons & Dragons game. Or, heaven forbid, break even. Right? (laughs) But then you've got people like the Critical Role folks or... or, Make a good living. Or Matt Colville, you know? Like, these people are, are... I mean, they're credited in some ways with much of Dungeons and Dragons' current success. Yep. Right, but and they're they've profited from mm-hmm. that, and they're, it's okay for them because you're watching. It's because different. you're watching, right? And you're Why not paying different? them directly. It's in, but there's it's still happening though. That's I right. mean, with with Matt Colville, you know, you're you you are paying him by watching the ads that play before his video or his Kickstarter. You know, same with Critical Role, the ads that go on there. I mean, they are still. DM screen ads. We start selling DM screens that have ads on the front. We sell or, ad space. Or, this is a new need, big what idea. Do you mean as as uh, LARP storytellers, maybe we need to have like have like yes, LARP, uh, like, like NASCAR. And, yeah. yeah, NASCAR. And we can sell like right. ad spaces on our jackets that oh, we were storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, in conclusion, my thinking, my feelings on gaming for profit. Yes, right? my feelings are this. Um, I think that if you can run a game and profit from it and aren't being a douche or being completely unreasonable and evil about what you're doing with the money, right? Right. I think that uh, good for you. Yeah. I think that's amazing and awesome, and I would love if that was the reality for all game runners. You know, um, it's coming. The, right? the Blockbuster LARPs are here. Right. I think the weekly... Uh, pay to play, not pay to win game is coming. Yeah. It's just around the corner. It's going to be, it won't be vampire or something like that. It'll be something we haven't heard of yet probably. Right. And a couple of years from now, maybe 10 years from now, we'll all be like, why were we playing in hotel yeah. basements? And I think that to the, to the <laughs> players. For 10 bucks, we get to play somewhere nice. Right. And the guy running it 
can afford dinner. Yeah. And I think, and I say to the players who are against for-profit game runners, uh, first of all, I want to say that then don't play them, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you need to be a better community member. And instead of bashing those people for trying to make a living from, from this hobby, because hobbies all over the world make are profitable. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. People make money playing magic. People make money playing baseball. This isn't any different, and you need to get over yourself. And I think that we need to support the people who figure out how to monetize it in acceptable Well, ways. I think we need to realize that our, our uh, game runners are part of the community. Right. And if we're taking, and if we're, you know, everyone's, well, it's a community. You're right, it is. And your game runners are part of that. And support them. Yeah. You know, I've got one, one final thing to say about this. You know the reason why I'm so heavily interested in for-profit lore? Because I can't afford to go to New World Magiscola. Yeah. But maybe I could afford one day to run New World Magiscola. We could run a game locally. It could have all that stuff that we want to do that we can't afford to do. I could maybe I could afford to run it. Yeah. But I can never play in it. Right. You know, I've got a family. I have to support them first. So if I can justify one of these by turning a profit, then I can get to do it. You know, and I know we started this because that article about the, you know, that Tara wrote, that was part of the though we've talked about it for a while. I feel like I'm in Tara's boat. I'm not as, you know, I'm more privileged than her in that I have a job that has insurance. But even with that, I can't go do a lot of stuff that these other people can afford. Right. The only way I can afford it mm-hmm. is if I make a profit. So there. So there. So, yeah. I so everyone needs to uh, check become, their privilege. <laughs> no, I was gonna say so everyone needs to go to our Patreon account so we can go <laughs> do all that stuff, do all these things, yeah. and run awesome blockbuster LARPs for you guys. All right, let's go to game or right. awesome. Blockbuster Blocks. We'll talk about, <laughs> we'll that, talk about later. that later. I've already started making notes. I've sent them emails. All right, welcome to Game Wrap. Uh, we don't have a lot of time. We're going to kind of race out of here because we, we ran really long. Uh, but uh, everybody gets one XP. No. That's fair. Just one. As All long right. as I get at least one a week, I'm happy. But for just ten dollars, you can both have, <laughs> you can both have ten additional experience points. What's wait, next wait. week's episode? Gonna, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I'm why do you always? Why? What is this? Why do you? Keep I want to know. They're so good. <laughs> okay. Well, the joke I had yes. isn't funny anymore. No, let's hear it. Oh, oh, let's hear it. No. It's I tell you what, we'll cut everything that I said. No, and just do your joke. <laughs> we're super long, so we're gonna race through this part. <laughs> We're like, have you ever been to a, a Baptist preacher? They're like, we're gonna oh, wait, wrap we up. Love- we're gonna wrap up. <laughs> Ten more minutes. We're gonna wrap up. <laughs> uh, man, I'm glad Ryan loves editing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on, Until next time, remember the only way to win a role playing game is to have fun. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> and opinions expressed on the Honor Roll podcast belong to just those who are here on the podcast and nobody else. All of the music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com.